All right, Matthew chapter 7. We're going to pause uh, our Philippians series till after uh, missions conference. We'll pick up Philippians after missions conference. Uh, this morning, I wanted to bring you a word just to start the new year. And Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to start. Also, uh, Psalm uh, 119, Psalm 119 as well. And if you need a Bible this morning, our ushers will be happy to bring you a Bible. You know, I put out a message on Facebook, uh, social media uh, this weekend saying, bring your Bibles uh, to church today. You're going to need your Bibles. And so if you need a, a Bible, or if you have a Bible on your phone app, you can pull that up as well. But if you need a Bible this morning, you can raise your hand. One of our ushers will be happy to bring you a Bible this morning. Uh, it, it is going to be imperative for you to be following along today as we're going to be doing something a little bit unique uh, this morning. And so Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to start. And let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, before we read his word. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, it is that lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Lord, as we're going to see today, your word is the foundation for our lives. God, I pray as we, we spend time in your word, as we spend time studying your word today, and not only today, but, but this year and even the rest of our lives, Lord, that you would press these truths deep within to our hearts. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see what it is you want us to see today. Give us ears to hear what it is you want us to hear today. Lord, our desire is to be faithful to you, to live for you, to be that salt and light that you've called us to be in this world of darkness and decay. You've placed us here, uniquely placed us here. Of all the times and seasons in which we could be born, you predetermined in your perfect plan that we would be alive today in 2022, that we would be in San Antonio, Texas, that we would be at Destiny Church this morning. Lord, it's not an accident. All of these are because of your divine plan and your divine decree. And so, Lord, help us to be your people. Help us to live faithfully for you. Help us to let our light and your light shine through us. Lord, that this year would be a year that we show forth the glory of God like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Matthew chapter 7, we're going to start in verse 24. These are the words of the Lord Jesus. He says this, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Jesus here, having concluded his sermon on the mount, having concluded all of these teachings that he gave, he said, you, you need to hear something else. There, there's something I need to add to this. That if you only hear the word of God, but never do what it says, you'll be a foolish person. You, you'll, be, you'll be unwise. It is unwise to do it. But if you hear the word, if you, if you receive the word and obey the word, you will be wise. You will build your house on a sure and solid foundation. 
You know, what's interesting to me in, in both of these accounts the, of the foolish man who hears the word and does not obey it and the wise man who hears the word and does obey it, for both of them, a storm comes into their life. The, the storm comes into, the li into their life. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. That the, the, for those who live for God and for those who don't live for God, both alike have storms that come into their lives. And collectively, as a world, we've been in a storm the last two years, and really it seems as though there's no end in sight. As soon as it seems like there's light at the end of the tunnel, what we find out is it's just another train barreling down the track at us. Just as soon as we think that we're out of this thing, oh no, there's something else. The sky is falling again. And so now it's Omicron. Ah! <laughs> Run for the hills, right? It's this perpetual storm. Who knows if and when it will ever end? Who knows? For that, we, we don't know. But what we do know, what is sure to us, is that those who build their lives on the Word of God... No matter what storm comes into our life, our lives will not come crashing down and crumbling down around us. And though the world is coming crumbling down under the storms that we are facing, political upheaval, economic unrest, you know, uh, racial tensions, disease, though the world systems are crumbling, your life doesn't have to crumble. And I believe the lives of the people of God are not crumbling today and have not crumbled over the last two years. Amen. Why? Because we've built our lives on a sure and solid foundation. We didn't build our lives on the economic system of the United States of America. That's not what our life is built upon. We didn't build our lives upon everything being perfect all the time. No, our lives are built upon the word of God, the solid rock beneath our feet. And so this year, as I do every year at the beginning of the year, I have to remind you that our foundation is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. And if you will hear it and obey it, your life will be on a solid foundation. If you only hear it and don't obey it, or you don't hear it at all, you're building your life on sand. Whichever way the tide goes, whichever way the storm goes, is the way your life will go. And that's not God's desire for you. That's not God's desire for the people of God. He has something better for his people. Amen. Amen. And so with that as an introduction this morning, I'd invite you to... Flip over to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, if you don't know where that is, open up the middle of your Bible and you have a really good chance of hitting it. It's right there in the middle of your Bible. It is the longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. It's divided into 22 sections. Depending on, on how your Bible is laid out, laid out, you might see those divisions, you might not. Those 22 divisions, each eight verses long, 
are strategic. The reason it's divided this way is because in the Hebrew language, which this, the Old Testament was written in, each line or each of these verses begins with a certain letter of the alphabet. And so there's 22 uh, letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so in each section, that section, that verse begins with that Hebrew letter. Of course, it doesn't show up for us that way in the English language. We're, we're missing a little bit on the, the, art, the artistry of, of this, the, that nuance. We miss it in English. Nevertheless, the, the, the writer of this psalm, we don't know who wrote it, but he, he was, I mean, it's, it's art what he's putting down for us. Not only is he writing the word of God, but it's this artistic expression. So it'd be like if, if the first eight verses began with the letter A, and then the, the next eight verses began with the letter B and C and D and so on. That's how we would see it in, in our alphabet. But more than just an artistic piece, it's a prayer to God. It's a petition to God. And in fact, you could pray this prayer. You could, in fact, if you wanted to, open to Psalm 119 and, and, and read it out loud as a prayer to God. And it is a prayer to God about God's word. It's all about God's word. Now, he uses different words for the word of God. You'll see in here, he uses the word law. He uses the word precepts. He uses the word commandments. He uses the word teaching. He uses the word statutes. He uses all of these words interchangeably to describe God's word. Again, it's, it's like the Mount Everest of the Bible. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's right there in the middle of your Bible, and it towers above really all of Scripture as it declares for us the truth about the truth. It's God's Word about God's Word. And this morning, we're going to read the entire chapter today. I can't think of a better way to start a new year, to start 2022 than to read Psalm 119. When I, saw some, when I said that, I saw some of you settling in. You just kind of got prepared. So settle in, buckle up, and I invited you to bring your Bible. I invited you to, to, to bring something to write with, some sort of writing utensil. And as we read through this, as I read through this this morning, and, and you read along with me in your mind, what I want you to do is with that pen or pencil or writing utensil, I want you to circle, I want you to highlight. What you're going to find is that there are some verses, certain verses that really stand out to you more than the others. And I want you to highlight those. I want you to underline those. If you're on your phone, you're going to have to figure out some way to, to do that on there. But these verses that we read through, some of them are going to jump out at you and I want you to mark those. I want you to remember those. I want you to go back this week and, and through the course of the next few weeks and to meditate on those and to, to think, what, what is it about this that the Lord is trying to teach me specifically? I've done that in, in my Bible. There's several uh, passages through here, probably 10 or 15 that really stand out to me and that have been a blessing to my life. In fact, 
Uh, there's one in here that I repeat almost every Sunday, and when we get to it, uh, you'll recognize it. And so I want to encourage you to highlight as we move through this together, and then go back and, and be rereading that, and even commit it to memory, and as it is a prayer, that you would even incorporate that into your own prayer time with the Lord. And so Psalm 119, I'm going to get a sip of water before we do this. Just so you know, it takes about 15 minutes, okay? Just so you know. Okay, Psalm 119, verse 1. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently, Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I might live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on this earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the ways of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness, I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. 
Incline my ear to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I shall have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Remember your, your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me that I have kept your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten to do and not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. You have dealt with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. The heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice because I have kept your word. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me that I may live for your law is my delight. Let the insolent be put to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. 
Let those who fear you turn to me, that they may know your testimonies. May my heart, may my heart be blameless in your statutes, that I may not be put to shame. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forsaken your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have, fors- but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Though through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. The te- your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield, I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live, and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all those who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross, therefore I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for, you, for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. I have not done what is just and right. Do not leave me 
to my oppressors. I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Give your servant a pledge of good. Let not the insolent oppress me. My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for the Lord to act, for your law has been broken. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. Therefore, I consider all your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me as in your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My, my eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. Righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules. You have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. With my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love. O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Long have I known from your, long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord. Give me life according to your rules. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. I look at the faithless with disgust because they do not keep your commandments. Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. 
I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and testimonies for all my ways are before you. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you and let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Amen. Amen. What can you say after that? Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. From this psalm, this brief psalm, uh, we have a treasure trove of truth. Truth compounded upon truth. And it's truth about the truth. It's truth about God's word. And so with the time we have left today, I have for you, I want to share with you my top nine observations from Psalms 119. I would share with you my top 10, but I don't want to get sued by David Letterman. So we're going to go with top nine this morning, okay? We're going to move through these quickly, okay? We're going to move through these quickly today. Number one is that the word brings blessing. The word of God brings blessing. It brings blessing to those who hear it, and it brings blessings to those who obey it. And the psalmist, whoever writes this psalm, whoever pins it, we don't know, but what he doesn't want us to miss is this truth that those who hear and obey the word of God walk out in God's blessing. They walk in the blessing of God. In fact, he opens his psalm by telling us this. Verse 1, again, he says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies and who seek him with their whole heart. Verse 45, he reiterates it again. He says, take he says, and I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. Again, this idea of a wide place is a place of blessing. Think of a, a wide pasture. It is a place of blessing. Now, the, word, the world, rather, when they look at the word of God, when they look at the commandments of God, when they look at the, the, the testimonies of God, the, 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 the law of God, when the world looks at these things, they don't see blessing. What the world sees is constraints. 
What the world sees is, is restrictions, is, is limitations. But what, the, what we know is to be true from the Word of God is that the Word of God is not constraining, it is not restricting, in fact, it's not limiting, it is blessing. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his commandments. Psalm 1, the, the very first psalm, says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or sits in the seat of the scornful and walks in the way of the scoffer. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Blessed is that man. To love the word of God, to study the word of God, to read the word of God. It brings the blessing of God into your life. To ignore the word of God, to rebel against the word of God, to disobey the word of God, to, to think that there's some sort of loophole for you in your situation is to invite not the blessing of God, but the curse of sin into your life. It's to invite brokenness and pain into your life. And again, this idea that the word of God is limiting, that the word of God restricts you. No, in fact, it is the word of God that frees you. This is the lie that Satan told Eve in the garden, that you can't eat of any tree in the garden. God, God told you you can't eat of, of, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. How restrictive it is of God. How limiting. But here God gives them the whole earth and he says, eat of every tree. Except one. And the lie is, well, God is limiting. No, God has is, is blessed us. If we follow the word of God, it opens us up. It opens our life to limitless possibilities. It, it sets us free from walking down dangerous paths that lead to destruction. It keeps us from that. It keeps us from sin. It keeps us from the wages of sin, which is death. Oh, the word of God limits you. Yeah, it keeps death out of my life. I'm kind of pro that. That's a good thing. I kind of want to limit death. I kind of want to limit disease in my life. That's the word of God. It's a broad path. It, it, it frees us. It invites the blessing of God. Number two, the word of God gives life. The word of God gives life. Verse 25, he says, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. What that means, my soul clings to the dust. Mankind was formed in fashion from the dust. Adam was made from the dust and then God breathed life into him. When he says, my soul clings to the dust, he's saying, my, my, I desire earthly things. I still desire worldly things. It's still in my flesh a desire, but life. Give me life. Breathe into my soul. I don't want to follow worldly things. I don't want to follow worldly paths. I don't want to cling to the dust. Instead, I want to live according to your word. Verse 37, he reiterates this idea. He says, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Give me life in your ways. The reason why the church today in America is such a pushover 
is because we spend the majority of our time looking at worthless things. We're weak. We're weak. We, 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 we're not the people that God wants us to be. We're not the, yet, we're not yet the force in the earth that God wants his church to be. And the great reason why is when you compare us to generations past, these, these generations that accomplished so much for the kingdom of God. You look at our generation, we spend so much time looking at worthless things. Worthless things. Notice he doesn't say sinful things, which we also do. But let's just, let's just deal with worthless things. Worthless things. We can watch worthless things and be weak, or we can receive life from the Word of God. Verse 50. He says, this is my comfort in my affliction that your promise gives me life. 93, verse 93. I will never forget your precepts for by them you have given me life. Also verse 107, also verse 154. This idea that the word of God gives us life. Now we have a little bit hard time understanding this because we in, in our culture, we tend to to look at life in a very material way. We look at life in a, in a very naturalistic way. That's not the kind of life that he's talking about. He's talking about spiritual life. He's talking about bringing life to your spirit, bringing life to your soul. The Apostle Paul puts it a little bit different way when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians. That the fruit of the Spirit, I believe, is the life that the Lord will bring into our lives through His Word. Love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and steadfastness and long-suffering. These are the things, these are the life that God will bring into our soul through His Word. The fruit of the Spirit of God alive on the inside of us. We have a world today that is devoid of love, that is devoid of peace, that is devoid of patience, that is devoid of goodness. That They do not experience the life and the even eternal life that God brings, that God's word brings. You want more love in your life? Spend more time in his word. You want more peace in your heart? Spend more time in his word. Take your eyes off of worthless things. That, that do not bring life, do not bring God's life, do not impart God's life into your spirit and into your soul. The material life, the physical life, without the spiritual life is utterly meaningless. It's utterly purposeful, purposeless. The meaning of life is not found in the material, but it's found in the spiritual the meaning of life is not in the material world. It is in the spiritual world. This is why if you're married to someone and it's a marriage totally devoid of love, though you might have a piece of paper that says you're married, it's very empty, it's very shallow, it's very hollow. 
But man, if that marriage is full of love, life-giving love, it's full of meaning, it's full of life. Though you look on paper, you can look at two people, two different marriages, and they're both married materially. No, what gives life meaning is the spiritual. That's what gives life meaning. And if you will study the Word of God, if you will be in His Word, what you will find is that spiritual life being renewed day by day. You will find a fresh impartation of the life of God into your life. And you will find more meaning in your life. You will find purpose in your life. You will find love in your life. You will find peace in your life in and through the word of God. And you will not find that anywhere else. Anywhere else. Separated from Christ. Separated from his word. You will find fear, you will find worry, you will find anxiety, crippling anxiety. We live in a world that is crippled by fear and anxiety because we live in a world that is devoid of a relationship with Christ and a world that does not have the Word of God as its foundation. But it ought not be that way for the people of God. Amen. Number three, the word of God brings salvation. The word of God brings salvation. Another way you could say that is deliverance. Verse 110, the wicked have laid a snare from me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Verse 170, let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 10, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God brings salvation, deliverance to those who are bound. Number four, the Word is a shield and a defense. The Word is a shield and a defense. And so without the Word, we are open to attack. Without the word as a shield and defense to us, the enemy can have his way in our lives. Verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. How do we guard our lives? How do we guard our way? According to the world standards, according to what the world thinks is best, according to the culture and how that defines how we should live our lives? No, to guard our way, to guard our life. We do so according to the word of God, by keeping the word of God. Verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Finally, verse 95, the wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. The word of God is a shield and a defense. And it brings to us great confidence in life. Great confidence. Because we know if we obey this book, we are following God's way. It brings great confidence. It gives us comfort in our lives. How do we know how to live life? There's so many different ideas, so many different ideologies, so many different value systems, so many different cultures, so many different philosophies. How do we live our lives? 
Is it what this person says? Is it what that person says? Do I take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and just mix it all together? How would you ever know that what you're doing is right? How would you ever know that you're following the right path? But when you follow the word of God, it makes the complicated simple. It makes what's foggy abundantly clear. And it even makes the difficult easy because we do it according to God's word. There are many, diff many different times in my life where I had to do something very difficult, things that I did not want to do. Things that if, if it was up to me, I would have just avoided it altogether. But because the word of God instructs me, I was able, and you will be able likewise, to even make hard and difficult decisions and to do so with confidence. To do so without second guessing, is this the right thing to do? Because God's word says it is the right thing to do. It brings us confidence in the way that we live our lives. And I cannot begin to express to you how freeing this is for the believer. It is true freedom to surrender our lives to God and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Tell me how to live my life. I'll take my orders from you. That way I don't have to figure this out on my own. What a disaster that would be. Number five, number five, th this one is near and dear to my heart because th this one is my personal testimony in many different ways. Number five is that affliction teaches us the word of God. Affliction, trials, testing, it actually teaches us the word. Verse 67, he says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Verse 71, he says, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. James, of course, the, the author of, uh, of the, that book, James, James chapter 1, he says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you face various trials of various kinds, because the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And when steadfastness has its perfect work, you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so we can count it all joy when we go through trials, when we go through testing, when we go through even afflictions, because it teaches us things about God that we could learn no other way. It teaches us truths. It, it, it's, it's more than just head knowledge. It becomes experiential knowledge as we live out the word of God through the test and the trial. Number six, the word of God imparts wisdom. The word of God imparts wisdom. Verse 98, your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. And then in verse 130, he says, the unfolding of your words gives light it imparts understanding to the simple. Understanding to the simple. It's a good thing to be smart. It's a good thing to be blessed by God with mental capacity. To be brilliant. 
to have a high IQ, that's a blessing from God. It is a good thing. But let me tell you, there's something better than just being smart. It's being wise. Being wise is much better than being smart. There's a lot of very smart people that do a lot of very stupid things. I'd rather be dumb and wise than smart and stupid. The word of God imparts wisdom to the simple. You say, I'm not a very smart. I never did very good in school. I, I, yeah, but you know what? You can still have the wisdom of God. You can still live your life with God's word and with God's wisdom. And it will keep you on the right track. It will keep you in the flow of blessing in your life. While people smarter than you, 10 times smarter than you, head, walk headlong into peril. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Imparting wisdom. Imparting wisdom. Our world the last two years has been shaped by some very smart people who utterly lack all wisdom whatsoever. The, the contradictions that, that are before us on a, on a 24-7 basis, we're constantly presented with them. We just say, that doesn't make any sense. Very smart people with more degrees behind their name than Fahrenheit made those decisions. Very smart. IQ's off the chart. They have no wisdom because they reject the source of all wisdom, the Word of God. It ought not be that way for God's people. Amen. The Word imparts wisdom. Number seven, the Word is truth. The Word is truth. Many verses communicated that. Let's look at 160. I love this. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. In a world full of falsehood, in a world full of lies, in a world full of deceit, in a world full of fake news, in a world where opinions change by the hour, what do we do? Where do we turn? We turn to the truth. You want to know the truth? It's not found on Fox News. It's not found on CNN. It's not found on the New York Times front page. The truth is found only in one place. It is the Word of God. We go to the Word of God. Amen. John 17, 17, Jesus says, praying about His church, praying about His people, praying about us. Jesus prays this prayer to the Father. He says, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. We are to be people sanctified. What does that word mean? It means set apart. It means separated. It, it means that God's word draws a line between us and the world. We're not to be like the world. We're not to live like the world. We're not to think like the world. We're not to talk like the world. We're not to look like the world. There was this great lie going around for years that, man, if, if we could just show the world that we're normal people just like them, then maybe the world would want to be a part of the church. 
So there's this great effort made to, to make us, the church, look like the world because we're just like you. No, you're not. We're not like the world. We're nothing like the world. We have the Spirit of God alive on the inside of us. We've been born again. We've passed from death unto life. The world is dead in trespasses and sins. We've been made alive in Christ Jesus. When the world sees us, they should see something radically different. They shouldn't say, oh, they're just like me. No, they should say, they're nothing like me. That's what it means to be salt and to be light. The spell of this notion of, well, I want to be like everybody else. I want to look like everybody else. I want to be accepted by the world. No. We're not called to blend in. We're called to conquer. I think I was on your word is truth. <laughs> Sanctify them in your truth. The word of God sets us apart from the world. It draws a distinction, a bright line between us and the world. And we call people to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ as Lord. Number eight, God is our teacher. God is our teacher. God is the source of truth. God is the source of wisdom. And so therefore we look to God to lead us, to guide us, and to teach us. Verse 68, he says, you are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. For us to know God, for us to know his ways, it's only one way. He has to show us. He has to teach us. How do we know about God? He teaches us. How do we know his ways? He teaches us. Verse 73, your hands have fashioned and made me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. God is our teacher. And so we must go to him for truth and understanding and wisdom. And number nine, number nine, we must meditate on the word. We must meditate on the word. Verse 15, he says, I meditate on your precepts and I fix my eyes on your ways. Verse 27, make me understand the ways of your precepts and I will meditate on your wondrous works. Verse 97, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. What are your eyes fixed on? What are you meditating on? What are you constantly thinking about? That's what the word meditate means. To just chew on, chew on, chew on. What are you chewing on? What are you meditating on? What are your eyes fixed on? Is it the word of God? Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Is it God's way, God's word, the kingdom, Jesus? Is it those things or is it anything, anyone else? What are your eyes fixed on? What has your attention? To walk in the blessing of the word, you must read it, you must study it, you must learn it, and you must obey it. In verse 37, he again prays that prayer. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. Oh, that that would be the prayer of our heart as we go into 2022, that we would all pray that prayer. God, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. 
Lord, turn my attention from, from, from just the trivial, the temporary, the things that are here today and that are going to be gone tomorrow. God, help me. That's what I love so much about this psalm is it is this prayer of him pleading with God, asking God, Lord, help me. Though my soul clings to the dust, though, though there is this desire within me for worldly things, Lord, you help me. You be my teacher. You put a hunger in my heart for your word. These are the things that we ought to be praying. Amen. If you find yourself in your life with, with no desire to read the word, you find the word to be dull and dry and boring, pray this psalm. Ask God to give you a heart and a hunger for his word. And he will do it. He will do it. And if you will do so, you will find that these nine things are true. That the word brings blessing, that the word gives life, that the word brings salvation, that the world is a word is a shield and defense. That affliction even teaches us the word. That the word imparts wisdom and that the word is truth. And that God is our teacher. Therefore, we must meditate on the word. So I'm going to call us all today to doubling down, to even making a renewed dedication to being people of the word of God. We must, we absolutely must. It's absolutely critical and essential. In a world full of lies, we must know the truth. We must know the truth. And it's only found in one place. Only found in one place. Yes, stay informed. Yes, stay up to date. Yes, know what's going on in the world. But how will you understand it without this? This is what tells us, this is what tells us what's really going on. It's this. Devoid of this, you, you, you don't have the truth. With this, you walk in the truth.